take a moment to admire the fact that I just hit a fairway. There's, there's only two things that can happen. You can hit a good shot or a bad shot, so why waste time doing it? And where I would go, I, wherever I set course records or whatever, I would be barefooted, drunk, playing golf, making every 20-footer I looked at. Right at it. Right at it! Oh! Jordan, he's done it again! This is the dumbest hole I've ever played in my life. Come on then, Shane. Knock it close. Shane Lowry is the Open champion. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Fairy Finders. We are on episode number 73. I am, of course, joined with the two lads, Donnie and Steve. How are we doing, lads? Good afternoon, gentlemen. Hoi! How are you, boys? Good to be back after a little unplanned hiatus last week. Life gets very busy sometimes, I guess. Um, we didn't we didn't miss a huge amount in terms well, of the home field, but I know well, we're getting it. I'm glad that we missed it, Donny, because I was going to go off on a 15-minute rant how sure I was that Harris English was going to win the tournament, and he ended up shooting five over missing the court. So Ouch. what can you do? What can you do? Yeah, you see, one one good round does not count as a as a as a change in form for poor Harris because he's been he's been in really poor form for a while. Didn't he shoot a really decent final round at the Genesis? Good course yeah. record. I listen. I have my whole argument ready to go, Donny. But um, whatever. You know what I mean. You can't get them all right. One what's a one swallow doesn't make a summer. Is that the saying? I'll let, I'll let you have that. I've never heard it before, but that Watch sounds one swan doesn't make it. One swan doesn't make it. I think it's one swallow doesn't make a summer. Anyway, open to correction on that. Something to do with one something doesn't make a summer. Just, just a reminder that this is, uh, this is an 18 plus podcast. Uh, of course. Be gamble aware. Dort. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I, the first thing on the agenda this week, surely, is like something we were just so excited about for a long time. Um, finally dropped on Netflix. I can see like in Ireland anyway, it's it's currently the fourth most watched thing on Netflix. Um, I don't know what it's like over in Canada, but full swing. It was two, it was two in Canada, Donny. Was it? For a yeah. long time, yeah. I don't know where it is now. Good numbers, good numbers. So, in a sentence, yeah or nay? Middle. Uh, yeah, see, I wouldn't say yeah or I wouldn't say nay. I would say it's it's pretty much what I expected it to be. Bit disappointed overall is what I would say. Yeah, I think that's yeah. probably a full house. I'm 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 tempted to say nay compared to when I think about all that happened in the year it feels like it was a missed opportunity like i i think yeah. overall they dealt with the live stuff quite well and they were quite diplomatic and all but so for right first problem with it honestly the first episode made me not want to watch the other seven ah it was horrendous it was the two worst ah. in terms of extroverts and personalities they, they could have picked anybody else but Just those two little like like <laughs> I'm just going to say it like JT and Jordan Spieth are unbelievable golfers. They are monsters on a golf course, but they're also little rich dweebs. Yeah. I, I mean, like to have the, the lack of self-awareness of having the Netflix cameras in your private jet and your, you know, that this is, well, maybe they didn't know at the time, you know, cost of living crisis. All right. We know they're rich, but the whole pick a card for a grand thing, that played out just that just was such a bad fucking look. I assume, I, I assumed that, that was a joke at the start, and apparently it wasn't. And I was like, no, no, it's probably legit. But there was nothing. The only thing about that first episode that I thought had any kind of redeeming features, I thought uh, Mike Thomas, JT's dad, came across very yeah. well. Yeah. I thought he was pretty cool. But fucking hell, how? So apparently the producers wanted Brooks to be the first episode. And for some reason, I'm not sure why, but there was pushback and they changed it. So episode two is obviously Brooks Kepka and Scotty Scheffler. And it's this like sliding doors of um, a, a, an absolute, like a, a guy who just won four majors over two years and looked unbelievable and has lost his swing. He's lost all his confidence. He's been hollowed out. And then Scotty, who, not that he's had any bad times, is just coming on the scene and he, over that same period, makes it look so easy and wins four times. And that was such a compelling watch. Arguably the best episode of the lot. I think, so. I, think it was, I think it was up there, yeah. Um, 
I just thought it was crazy how pessimistic Brooks was. Like, he was so negative on himself, lad. And I'm like, well, yeah, you can see why he joined later. No, no, when... I don't know. I, I, sorry, I understand, but it's crazy. Like, you see him, he has the lifestyle. He is an amazing, amazing house, amazing wife or girlfriend. Apologies, not sure which one it is. Wife. Um, you know, has, has everything and has won. You know, what was it two or three majors in the space of two years? Like four, 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 like four majors in, in, in the two years. And you're like, Jesus, like it just shows that, yeah, as you said, like, you know, that's not enough for these people. Like, and that's, I guess, what you have to be to be one of the best is that real hunger. But Jesus, mm. he was very negative on himself. When he was you in, when, when, when he was in the, in the kitchen, he was just like, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep up. With Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy, John Ram, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I was like Jesus, you know. Like, I thought, like, sorry, Bruce, sorry to cut across. Know. I thought there was four good episodes overall. So Brooksy was one. Um, Joel Damon, obviously, I think a lot of people would say Goals. is a standout episode. Goals, yeah. Amazing. Um, the Sahita Gala Meetup Rare episode was brilliant. That was the second to last one. Um, showing Tagala's meltdown at the waste management on 17, and then Nito's obviously meltdown. Sorry, Donny, uh, right. at the, the US Open. Um, and then you had some good moments with like Tony Fino was in there, but he was sharing an episode with Colin Morikawa, who one guy is really likable. I don't think Morikawa is that likable, he seems like a bit of a prick, yeah. to be honest. I was gonna um, say, yeah, I agree. Then you had the likes of Maddie Fitz, who I actually believe are not warm to. Um, during, I, so he's, he's, I already liked him, but yeah, it, yeah. It, I definitely was enhanced. So, um, on, on the, the Brooks thing, I just wanted to make one comment about the Brooks thing to roll it back. It really, uh, I saw something like that was arguably the best moment in the series, the Brooks narrative, because I was so surprised at his reality compared to my assumption of his reality. So, what I mean by that is Brooks was always like the jock. Too cool for golf, just happens to be good at it, winning a boatload of money and being a killer. He'd said in press conferences previously, you know, like, I don't really watch golf. I watch real sports. He said that. Um, And to see him, one, like, trying so hard, I thought this guy, you know, mega talented and then just is kind of like a, a, the best example I can have is James O'Connor in rugby, who's super talented but never really tried. But it's not that at all. And he, he was he was hurting so much. Um, from losing it and not being able to reclaim it. In in that context, yeah, I'm not surprised. Like, who would be surprised that he joined Liv? Uh, yeah, part, yeah part I totally aspect. agree, Donnie. I was not even exactly. remotely surprised. Yeah, after, that seeing was, his, after seeing yeah. his attitude towards himself, towards golf, yeah. when he when, when, I, when I, actually, I was like, yeah, that made perfect sense for him to go to Liv. Yeah, it did. And but it it, it was really compelling. And then um, on the fifth one, yeah, like. My favorite moment, I, I before we recorded, I was trying to think what were my favorite moments throughout the series. My single favorite moment is when Fitz wins the US Open. They did a great job of covering the bunker shot, the best shot we've seen in a long time in a major. Uh, and when he wins, so when Zalo misses his putt, and Billy Foster takes his longtime caddy, who has caddied for some of the best golfers in the world and has never won a major takes his hat off, has his, hat, his face in his hat, and he's weeping, crying. He's just achieved something that he never actually thought he would, maybe. And he finally looks at Fitz, and Fitz just starts laughing. Because it's as much Billy's win as it is Fitz's win. And I just, it was wholesome. It was great. It was the fact that Fitz was so calm and was actually so happy for, you know, his caddy. Uh, I love that moment. His brother there as well, who caddied for him in the, the US amateur yeah, all was. those years ago. And the family, yeah. and it was cool. Yeah, it was, to be fair, warm to the guy. For me, like overall, I don't really know who this appeals to, right? So let's yeah. say for us as like, I don't know if diehard is diehard golf fans, right? I don't think we took a great deal or learned a great deal from it, maybe a few moments. I think there is not enough in the show to entice anybody who's like a, on the outskirts of golf and is like, oh, this could be interesting. I don't think there's enough in it to, to get them interested in watching the Honda Classic on a, a Sunday. So maybe that little casual golf fan that the what that knows the players doesn't really watch it. I think that's probably where you're gonna learn or get the most from if you're in that bracket. But yeah, look at as, as someone who watches golf week in, week out, I I I enjoyed it bar one or two episodes. I thought it was okay, but I don't yeah. know. It's it's you see the the 
the praise that Drive to Survive gets and, and how it's revolutionised the sport. It's not going to be that for golf, but it's, it's, it's nice to see inside the ropes, see some of the players' families, know their stories, that kind of thing. Um, I so, think yeah. it could have been, though, Steve. I think it could have been. I really do. Like, see, I, 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 think, do. I think the problem is where the, the, the fields are so big. There's so many different players. Like Drive to Survive is 20 people uh, or whatever it is, 24 racers that race. I'm not, I'm not an F1 fan, so I don't know, but um, it's just that the number of different characters that are there, like there's so many people that didn't even get a look in in the show. Like, you know, well, I can't even name them off the top of my head, but there's so many that we didn't even see. Um, well, that, that guys, guys who didn't. Rory well, guys who barely didn't. got a proper look into it. Well, well Rory's, Rory's, Rory's involvement, yeah. So um, I agree with all of that, Steve. Like I, that was what I was thinking to myself. It's like, all right, I'm a golf dork. This isn't really doing anything for me not really yeah. aside from Joel Damon is just the coolest motherfucker and yeah. I want to back him every week um, and I just I, I kind of felt I don't feel sorry for such an incredible golfer like when you realise he was he's he is like world 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 class it was really interesting to see a guy at that level who still is really quite down on himself quite pessimistic at, at his at his chances and you know if you give him a bit a bit more belief, his relationship with Gino was just like a real, real like brotherly. Yeah, it was great. It was, and and with his wife and you know, I just loved that episode. That was probably my favorite episode. That was that was my favorite episode. And it was even what what my mum said to me was a good point, right? Because my all my family love golf and are obsessed with golf, and they watched it as well. Of course, yeah. And my mum was like, my made a good point. She goes, it was insane to really see the differences in money that professional golfers have. You see Brooks, Poulter, the two lads in the first episode in private jets. And then you look at Joel Damon. Yeah. Who's in a box standard house. Well, he's still earning a very good living. No, he is. I'm just saying, man, the differences was ridiculous though. Yeah. And you can say that in any sport, I agree, but it was very interesting. Um, and yeah, well, overall, I, I also I want a big big shout out. Tony Fino is the fucking man. Love loved him. Yeah, he's just a, just a great dude. But after this, the fact he brings his family on tour with him because he didn't want to be away from them, all that jazz. I think he's a fucking cool lad. So yeah, I, I think like everyone who was in it who had a good reputation enhanced the reputation. Yeah. Uh, maybe aside from Morikawa, well, actually, no, that's not true because the JT and Speed thing was just like, fuck. and Scotty, bless him, like, there's one scene where Scotty and his wife are walking down the road and they're talking about fucking what, like, whether this is a nice coffee at a Starbucks or not. And I'm just like, fucking hell, there's no way you can be this boring. Surely not. Um, it was so fucking dull. Yeah. <laughs> it was just one sequence, but it was just so fucking dull. Um, I like, to be honest with you, I know you probably disagree with this, but I didn't think I didn't think Ian Porter came across that well in the personally. Well, that's just the way he is. That's that's the character. I know, but like, I just think for me, he just I don't know. I just like he came across. Yeah, I, I, I like, don't think fair enough. But... I think Ian, Ian Poulter's universe, um, you know, does not extend beyond him and his family, which is admirable in a lot of different ways. I'm not sure how that plays out when you're. Like there's one sentence that I, I laughed my arse off. He says, I have been a personality for 15 years and me going to live is a platform for me to continue being that person. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Like this is an opportunity for me to be the same. What are you even fucking talking about? And, and for me as well, the fact he said, this is an opportunity for me to like gain generational wealth for my kids. Lad, they already have that. Look at your gaff you're sitting in. Like, look at yeah. oh, how many, you what? You've 32 Ferraris <laughs> or something. Like, shut up, lad. I'm sorry like, now. It's literally zero. Like, at least fucking Brooks was in, was fucking honest. He's like, I'm fucking yeah. lost interesting in, 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 yeah. in the golf. And fuck it. This is a bit of a payday. But you know what? Fair Fox, lad. Best of luck. Yeah, well, I, know, I, I think as well. I think that sequence was being he was saying that on the on the um on the script, you know, on the on the audio while him and his family were having a putting contest on their private jet. Yeah. <laughs> like Different fuck world, off. Like, you know, it's the Ricky Gervais thing, isn't it? He's like, yeah. you're not position to lecture anyone about anything. You don't live in the real world. Um yeah, the, the, like Poulter just came across as Poulter. Um, I kind of was sniggering at you know him needing to post a good finish to get into the Masters, 
and being shite and then throwing toys in the locker room and all that. Yeah. Um, like Poulter's an authentic person in that. Yeah, you you have certainty as to what person he is. He doesn't necessarily put on a show, but but that person probably maybe not the most likable man in the world. Mm. I would say. You know, I thought was the most authentic in the whole thing was DJ um, when he was yeah. asked how yeah. you know why he did. So the quote he said was, um, in terms of moving to live, he said it's pretty simple. Um, well, the offer they made me was I was playing for less. I was playing less, making more money pretty simple someone offers anyone a job doing the same thing they're already doing but less time at the office and they're going to pay them more pretty sure you're going to take it and if something and something's wrong with you if you didn't so pretty like insightful into the mind of dj that he's just he's as straightforward as they come um a simple guy i think um wants to spend more time with his family play less golf make more money it's uh it's as simple as that for him i think did you just on a segue well so entirely related to that with, with DJ and obviously this was filmed like you know six seven months ago did anyone see the thread on on Twitter about the live guys golf uh, about the live guys contracts no did you see this put up the other day oh, I did because um, you liked it and then I read it because because you had liked it insane so, so very quickly I'm, yeah. I'm just going to trawl through it really quickly so the idea so one of the sham reasons you know grow the game but one of the sham reasons for them joining live was more time at home more time with family not on the road as much as on the road for 20 years pat press say oh i missed everything my kids doing blah blah so like the live contracts are insanely restrictive and this like here's a take or maybe a prediction I know that the live guys are getting a ball load of money for doing nothing. And like the scores, I had a quick look at the scores. Some guys shot like miles off a par this week and were just useless around my COVID. But the live contract could potentially leave a very sour taste in the mouth for some of these guys because they have to play every live golf event. They um they don't own their rights, which is one of big one of Phil Mickelson's big things about owning his likeness and owning his rights and all that shit. They don't have that. They must wear live team apparel in live events and non-live tournaments. So you're gonna see them wearing fucking cliques golf at the Masters. Now I don't know how that's gonna play with the Masters either. Um like they're obligated to make appearances for sponsorship activations. Um, they're prohibited from exclusive interviews. They're required to participate and assist and live negotiations. They must oh, just all this sort of stuff. And and a guy who's a legal expert saying basically summarizing in this thread. Uh, so the thread is uh, J Nuki twenty three on Twitter. A, a legal expert said this is an extremely restrictive contract and it looks more restrictive than what the PGA. These 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 contracts lock these players up in ways that the PGA never imagined. They are so restrictive. That's Judge Beth Freeman, who's overseeing the case, and said that uh, last last August. So, bit of a oh, prediction. I think it's definitely that, more. That, I think it's definitely more uh, restrictive. I think the golfers are are fine with that because they're being paid so much more money. But some guys are get who've been turfed. Like I saw, uh, and this is a, a departure a bit from talking about full swing. But Larry Cantor went to live. And then got kicked out of live because of you know the likes of Cam Smith and and Mito and and uh, uh, Munoz coming in, so he was a reserve for live, and he got in because of an injury. Mm-hmm. But Larry Cantor has been fucked up. He's like, is he early thirties? European tour, he can still currently play in the European tour, but we don't know how long that's going to last. Like a guy like Larry Cantor could be fucked. If he is not playing well and Liv just toss him out and he's in the cold, at the minute he can go back to the DP World Tour, but that case is coming up and that loophole might be closed off. He's never getting on the PGA Tour. He's never getting the ranking points to qualify for majors. Like, some of these lads have made a a serious fuck up, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah. Shall we recap on last week? We shall. Yeah, so last last word on full swing. I give it a six out of ten. Yeah, somewhere I'm somewhere around there as well. Yeah. To be honest, I think I'd give it a five. Yeah, lukewarm. Lukewarm. Yeah. Yeah. Could do better. Like like I'd watch it. I watched it on the plane and it was an easy watch. Would I rewatch any of the episodes? No. No, me too. Yeah, agreed. Okay. So the Honda Classic. Yes. Anyone th- anyone watch this? Dramatic playoff. I watched the 
him pinging it off the wall and it, and it nearly hitting the windscreen of the Honda in the middle of the lake. That was pretty funny. But Chris Bar- Kirk. But yeah, but, but Barda. <laughs> Chris Kirk yeah. made an absolute bollocks of 18. So he was leading, he was leading coming down the last hole. Uh, and he had um, Eric Cole, who was, I think, a shot behind him at the time. Uh, lovely joy by Kirk. He's been aggressive, going for the green, and he just hits one of the worst, probably, I think it was a three-wood he hit, one of the worst three-woods um, that you'll see. Just flaked it outright, and, and anyone that knows the 18th at, uh, at the Honda, it's just nothing but water. So took the aggressive play, hit a terrible shot, uh, managed to get up and down from his drop for a par. Um, and then Eric Colbert, the last to get in, get himself into a playoff, um, which they went down 18. So unfortunately for me, I was left with a tough decision to watch either the, the climax of the tournament or do I watch um, Tommy Fury against Jake Paul. They're happening at the same time. Chose um, the Jake Paul-Tommy Fury fight, which I don't regret. Um, thought it was a good scrap. But uh, regardless... Uh, Chris Kirk won on the first playoff hole. Um, Eric Cole with a tough flip out to to tie. Um, Chris Kirk laid up this time, hit a great approach shot in for birdie, uh, and had a tap in to win it. But Cole had a, the chance to to half from the bunker. Um, bunker shot about fifteen feet somewhere like that. Um, lit out the pot and then Kirk tapped in for the win. So, um, shite leaderboard to be honest. Some good stories came out of it. Um, Kirk ended an eight year drought. Uh, in terms of winning, he's had his own battles, as we all know. So, yeah, good, good to see him getting back in the winner's circle. He also has a good record around Bay Hill as well. Uh, he's which got I'm a sure, really, really yeah, good record around Bay Hill, yeah, and which I'm sure all, people will be interested in this week. Yeah, and there's also there's also some previous in terms of guys who've won both, or guys who posted like a top five in in at PJ National at the Honda, and then gone and won. Um, mm. one at Bay Hill, so like that—that's really relevant. Yeah, yeah. we all get him. At, I've seen him at eighty to one somewhere, but I think uh-huh. he's he's gone shorter than that now. Right, and we had a nice story with Ryan Gerrard, Monday qualifier. He was featuring. Um, he Monday qualified feature top. He came fourth in the end. He was contending there for a while. Um, took home a nice four hundred k. Um, for Monday qualifying, by far his biggest paycheck. Sepp Straka finished tied fifth. Shane Lowry finished uh, T5 as well. Justin Su was up there. Uh, Dylan Wu, Zach Johnson. Um, Adrian Moronkbrew, you'd be glad to hear, finishing a top, top the tall pole top, by. top 15 finish. And he's playing again this week as well. So trying to make his mark on the PGA Tour. But overall, like disappointing um, fields. It, it could be so much more. And that sort of, that bear trap is just, brilliant to watch the 18th is brilliant um so yeah kind of disappointing tournament overall but a nice finish they'll have new vigor next year because i'm not sure exactly the plan but honda honda are out honda are bailing and that was that was announced quite a while ago so that's the last honda classic so next year we'll have new sponsors i don't know if they're retaining pga national um offhand i'm expecting that they would but yeah you'd hope so i wouldn't Um, name honda either to be fair Mm. Oh no, not, not at all. Like it's just difficult because now you have the elevated events. Like the guys are playing for 45 million quid in the next two weeks, and then there's a week, and then it's the masters. So yeah. if you're gonna take and you've just done California swing with the farmers, and you know, this was the week that everyone was gonna take off, really. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, and then another nice story on the DP World Tour as well. Marcel Seam um yeah, won over nice. yeah, one over in India. Um, so he bet off his German compatriot. Jesus, uh, Yannick, what did he do? Yannick Paul, uh, Juice Luton was third, <laughs> and uh, Torbjorn Olsen with the nice uh, top 10 finish as well, following up on his win. So, <laughs> clip that, bro. Yeah, yeah it, no, it was great for Marcel Seam. He's a real character and uh, he's a very sort of unique golfer. It's been a long time in the wilderness for him, yeah. madman. So, he is Marcel Seam, yeah. he's gas. Yeah, and he's he, I think he's a bit of a he's a golfer's golfer. Like everyone love everyone really likes Marcel Seam. Um so that's brilliant for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one other one to quickly touch on is that Leona posted Leon McGuire posted the top ten in Thailand. Um who won in the end? I'm I'm Jim, Ko was there. Um I'm not sure who won in the end. 
But yeah, that the LPGA is starting to ramp up now, um, which is obviously good to see. I know there was some controversy recently about like Saudi and yada yada, but um, mm. yeah, it was good to see Leona uh, like post a pretty competitive number this week. Uh, Lilia Vu won. That's in the, the one. End. I'm not actually. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of Saudi Arabia, uh, Donna, we had live golf take place in Mexico as well, which Charles Howell the third um, was your winner of that one. Uh, interesting stat that I read on Charles Hill the third. Um, so he played on a PGA Tour, six hundred and nine starts, and he had three wins for a combined two point seven five million. Um, so six hundred nine starts. I don't even know how long that is. That's a fucking. That's a lot of years. Uh, his one year, uh, his one win on Live Golf, his six start, the individual win and the team win, netting him four point seven five million dollars. So just shows you why these boys are dipping out and, and making generational wealth as Ian Poulter put it. So well done to Chucky. Good win for him. Yeah, I I I, I really like I quickly had a look at the leaderboard and I saw like I know Cam Smith was up there, Peter Ulon was knocking around, but there was a whole heap of, you know, what you would consider elite golfers that just posted pure dog shit in terms of numbers. Like yeah. there, there were there were 23 of the players under par but there were um, a bunch of really top guys. So um, Mickelson won over, Peters two over, DJ four over, Bob Watson six over, Reed five over, Westwood eight over, Horsefield 11 over, um, Weisberger 11 over. Just like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I don't know what guys from live are going to be competitive at the masters it will actually be interesting to see cam smith um, well yeah cam, there, i'd imagine wacky and neiman will be quite competitive too um but yeah i hope they all missed the cut Ouch. <laughs> uh so we have a short break from live until saint patrick's day it's back in the u.s the in, in arizona and the dp world tour takes a break as well um until a couple of weeks in they're going down to kenya um, so it's all eyes on the two events on the PGA Tour this week. Yeah. Just one last comment on on Liv. Like, it was a very good idea to have the launch of the season compete with the Honda. Genius. And I don't know, like, I know that Twitter, Twitter echo chambers are very much a thing, but I've been trawling through a lot of the, like, well, not a lot, but on occasion, the Liv, like, there was the comments and the kind of sentiments from... and players posting up and no one gives a shit that I've seen. I, I like genuinely, I don't see anyone that gives a fuck. That was a really good tournament at a great golf course with a really strong field versus the Honda and still nobody cares. Yeah. I didn't watch any of it. I have to say, so, um, didn't pique my interest this week. Again, I, I, I heard it. I heard the propaganda with the broadcast is like just incredibly annoying. Like they're saying, this is just the greatest one in the tournament. Have you ever seen anything Man, like that? Like f- that was like the fucking Jake Paul fight last night. It was such propaganda bullshit. Like, oh, I was, I was standing boxing fight. I was like, no, I fucking wasn't. Like, um, the world yeah. we're in, Brew, unfortunately. I yeah, look, I, I, right. I, I'm not going to open that can of worms. So, <laughs> yeah, let's okay, not. So looking forward to this week. Uh, we have the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Steve, do you want to give us the old intro? Indeed. I think if you get John Ram in the final group on Sunday, I think he stands on next and he's going to get it done. Because the winner this week is going to be my, my one and done pick. I put put it on Twitter, put, put my put my cards down on, on the line. I'm going for Rory McIlroy. I'm actually, I'm hopping aboard the Billy Ho uh, oh. train. He's 28, so I think he can get him. Straight off the bat, not even going to waste time. Paul Casey and Sam Burns, previous winners, both over 22 to 1. I think that's an absolute value bet there. My third pick um, is Hideki Matsuyama. I got him at 18s this morning. Indeed. Well, we actually have two events for you. We have the Arnold Palmer Invitational and the Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico Open. Tony Fino Open. The Tony Fino, Victor Hovland Open as well, don't forget. So, oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. Um, so the Arnold Palmer Invitational takes place at Arnold Palmer's Bay Hill Club and Lodge in Orlando, Florida. No sponsor this uh, for this event, but it's presented by MasterCard. So you're going to see quite a lot of MasterCards around the place. 
7,466 yard par 72 Dick Wilson design. Uh, four par fives, four par fives, uh, four par threes, which are all monsters. Um, 199 yards is the shortest of the four par threes. So an emphasis on par three, long par three scoring. Uh, it's a $20 million elevated event, a stacked field, as you can imagine. Um, to run through the betting really quickly, John Ram is in a favorite after his recent performances, um, seven to one thereabouts. Uh, you have Rory just under 10, Scotty around the 10s mark, and then Max Homa, um, probably the first time in this company that he's been fourth favorite um, for, for a field. Uh, he's in about the 18 to 1 mark. You've Morikawa, JT, Xander, Zalatoris, Fino, Cantley, Jason Day, all in that 20, 30 to 1 mark, along with Hovland, Hatton, Fitzpatrick, Sunjay, Speed, Cam Young, Sam Burns, Tom Kim, uh, Hideki Matsuyama. So as good as a, a field as we can ask for outside of a major. In terms of um, winners around here, our defending champion is Scotty Scheffler. Uh, he won it by a stroke from Tyrrell Hatton, Billy Horschel, and Victor Hovland last year. Bryson won it in 2021. Um, Tyrrell won it in 2020. Molinari won it in 2019. Uh, 2018 was Rory. 2017 was Leishman. 2016 was Jason Day. Matt Every won it back-to-back. Who is Matt Every, you might be saying? Uh, Matt Every won this 2015 and 2014 back-to-back. And as all great players do, um, when things back to back, Tiger Woods won it back to back in 2012 and 2013. Well, he so won it eight times. He did win eight times, yeah. But back to back 2012 and 2013. So, um, a lot of Europeans and rest of the world players play very well around here. Um, so that's one thing to bear in mind. Yeah. Only two event. American winners in the last seven, I think, and that's the last two. Yeah. Yeah, you're bang on there, um, bang on there, Donny. I've got a few. I've got a few trends if you're yeah. interested. So, Donny, tell us, tell us trends, and then tell us what sort of game you're going to need to do well around here. If you, if yes, you would. sir, can do. I'll try my best. So, this is the forty. This is the forty-fifth year in a row that we've got Bay Hill. So, we've just got immense amounts of data, and it's it's the fourth most predictive course on the PGA schedule. So, what the fuck does that mean? That essentially means guys who play well here play well here. And and the 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 previous previous course form correlation is the fourth highest on the PGA Tour. It's behind Augusta, Muirfield Village, and Scottsdale, where we had uh, the Phoenix recently. Um, it's also the fourth toughest on the schedule. Um, so in terms of trends, uh, six of the last eight winners have had a top five previously. All of the last eight winners had posted T17 or better the previous year. So straight away, you want to look at last year's. Uh, performance last year's leaderboard so straight away you're interested in Scotty you're interested in Hatton you're interested in Hovland arguably you're interested in Billy Horschel um, Rory who else have we got that was up there last year Uh, Chris Kirk Jesus Gary Woodland Taylor Gooch not here Lucas Herbert Sam Burns Fitz Connors Bradley Rory and Graham McDowell not here Um, so uh, in terms of the game you need this course just keeps getting harder after you've left the tee box. So the average, I think the average drive and accuracy for a winner over the last 15 years is 36th. So it's not particularly hard off the tee. They've kind of made some visual changes to make it look more intimidating, but there's plenty of room off the tee. Um, in terms of average putting rank for the last 15 winners, seventh, you got to put really well. Average strokes getting approach for the last 15 winners is 10th. Um, the greens are usually super fast, so they can run as high as hot as 14 on the stint meter, which like an amateur golfer, you're probably playing on eight, nine on average, depending on the time of year. 14 is just absolutely lightning. Um, and yeah, uh, so any other good, yo, another trend to keep an eye on. This is not over. If you think it's over on Sunday for the last five holes, Average over par. The 18th last year averaged 4.34. So it's holes. Yeah, beast. it's all about your tee shot on that hole, isn't it? Because you're going yeah. over water on the approach. That's Take it, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so another thing, two other things you need to know in terms of your data, they reshaped all the greens in 2015. So putting stats before 2015 are pretty much irrelevant. Um, and also they've cut the, the last couple of years, they've cut the rough in. So in the last four winners, we've had a four under win and a five under win. 
Um, the rough is cut in. It brings the field all close together in terms of around the green because it's just brutal if you miss uh, if you miss greens and regulation. But the data points I'm looking at this week, um, strokes gained putting, strokes gained around the green, par five scoring, and then recent form. And yeah. oh, and one final just data point is this is super important. If you take one thing from this podcast, please take this. The forecast is for a mad windy weekend. The gusts are up to 40 mile an hour on Friday, which is just brutal. I think this could be a massacre of a thing. I genuinely think two under could win it this week based on the forecast. So always golf course as well, Danny, down in yeah. Florida. So you're going to feel South every Florida. bit of that wind. A lot of people say that, that South Florida is some of the hardest conditions to play golf in the US. And that makes so much sense considering how, how exposed it is to the Atlantic. Um, yeah. So based on that, I haven't actually put my bets on yet. So I've got my picks, but I'm waiting for the draw because if I see that there's going to be a three, four shot swing right now, it's looking like late early is what you want to be. If you've got a bunch of early late guys, you just might want to factor that into your picks. Yeah, but again, we're looking at this on a Monday and they don't tee off until Thursday. There's been so many times we've looked at weather, based yeah. our picks around weather, and then it just turns out to be a non-factor or the same yeah, for I'm, everybody. So I, I'm, I'm definitely not pulling the trigger until the draw is made, um, but I do have my picks. Sensible, Danny. Sensible. Um, should we get should we get cracking? Anyone is that? Maybe we can start off at the top of the board. Anyone taking any? I am taking any of the short price favorites, Brew. Yeah, yeah. 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 John Ram, Ram and Rory. Um, look, lads, do you know what time of year it is? It's fucking Scotty time. That's what it is. And Ooh. Scotty Sheffler is going to win. Simple as that. He's going to win this week, and he's going to win the Masters. Oh, come off it. Simple as that. Oh, what do you mean, come off it? You said that last year. Rory's going to win. Rory's going to win. Didn't sniff. So Scotty Sheffler. That doesn't matter, does it? Each so, way it does. Scotty Scheffler each way when he was eight to one. Okay. Um, so Scotty Scheffler's gonna win this week, he's gonna win the Masters. Um, I think he, as Donnie said, he fits in exactly all the data points that you need for uh, this week. Um another person who fits into the the mold of the of the data is Victor Hovland. So I'm taking him. Uh sorry, sorry, Scotty Scheffler is 10 to 1, I forgot to say. Uh Victor Hovland is 30 to 1. Um taking him. Uh, another person I'm going to take, which, to be honest, I was, I was, I might not take him because I'm going to wait till the uh, draw. I, I'm going to take the, the first two definitely. I'm going to take the last pick definitely. This one I'm still on the fence about, depending on what Donnie said about the the draw. But Maddie Fitz, mainly because I just like how he came across in the in the uh, documentary. Um, but again, he's uh, thirty to one, um, decent decent price for him. And then the last pick I have is finally a price I can back him at comfortably, which is Tom Kim has been boosted to 66 to 1 this week. And that's finally a price that I'm happy with backing them at. So, yeah. So I have Scotty Scheffler at 10 to 1, Victor Hovland at 30 to 1, Matty Fitz at 30 to 1, and Tom Kim at 66 to 1. Um, I don't want to shit on Tom Kim, but I'm just yeah. saying... I think the last guy to win here on debut it was like in the seventies. That's fair, but way not the shit on him, Donny. Well, to be fair, it's like to be honest, like the reason why I'm backing him is because that's a massive price. I think he's well capable is, of getting of getting a top five finish. Um, you know, with with with, with that price, I think it's it's well, and that's that's it. At sixty six to one, yeah. you're cashing a you're cashing a fifteen to one winner if he places. So yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. yeah. Yeah, that's Good that's definitely capable of that for sure. I have um I have three fancies and one dart, so I'll run through them quickly. Um, two of yours, bro, believe it or not. Um, so first first bet main fancy is Victor Hovland. Victor Hovland thirty to one, easing his way into the year. Um, in terms of results, the interesting thing with Hovland is that he actually skipped the Dubai swing. Um, this year, which is not like him considering he, um. He won the Dubai Desert Classic in 2022, didn't defend it um, this year. So it seems like he's putting all his focus on the PGA Tour and he wants it to build up his uh, career wins over here or over in, in the States. Um, so as I said, average start to the year. He won the Hero World Challenge um, in December, 18th at the Century, 13th at Pebble Beach, 42nd. So he's made all the cuts, um, top 20 at the Genesis um, as well. 
Um, Hovland, he's sixth in total driving, he's 15th in scoring, and he's actually 52nd in scrambling, which is a nice improvement for him. Uh, again, weakest part of his game. He's a great ball striker. He's great off the tee. If he can tighten up the short game this week, Victor Hovland will most certainly be in the mix. Just to say on the Hovland, I think a big positive for, positive for him this week is with the rough cut in, everybody's going to suffer. Exactly. Uh, screens. So it's not like a wizard. Um, exactly. Is, yeah, I mean, Rory's amazing. We know that short game, but it'll probably bring the field closer together around yeah. the greens. And of course, he was runner up at the event last year. Um, and he's just getting to that point where he should be peaking. He's about four tournaments into the year. Um, he's back on, he, he does enjoy putting on um, Bermuda Greens, Florida conditions. Um, so I think Victor Hovland is going to be a really, really good bet this week. Slightly overpriced, potentially at 30s. Um, Maddie Fitz as well, 30 to 1. Uh, I think one of these two is going to be in the final group or second to last group on Sunday. Uh, so Maddie Fitz, driving game has really improved. Um, he, the, the thing that's setting him down, surprisingly, is his, his approach game, his iron play. Uh, he's 183rd on strokes gained approach this season. Last year, he was 48 on approach. So what we need from Matty Fitz is him to close up somewhere between 183 and 48. Give me give me a 70th Matty Fitz on approach this this week, and I think you'll see Matty Fitz contending. Um, he loves the course. His last four years, he's been ninth, 10th, 9th, and 2nd. So he obviously has some sort of liking for Bay Hill. Um, and the big thing with him is that he's, he got the monkey off his back in terms of winning the U.S., um, and what a better, what a no better way to do it than winning the U.S. Open. Um, bit inconsistent this year in terms of form. So he was seventh at the Tour of Champions, miscut in Pebble Beach, um, T29 in Phoenix, and then miscut at the Genesis. So he's playing. He's only four events in again. I think he's going to be just coming to that peak. He was struggling, I think, with a bit of an injury. There was rumors about. So yeah, he had oh, he had a neck injury. So he, yeah, he was so, kind of he was he was and then he's he's taken two weeks off since. Exactly. Um, so I think he's going to be fired up, ready to go back in Florida, back at the course he likes. Um, US Open winner, great short game, great off the tee, just tighten up that approach game, Maddie, and we're buzzing. Um third pick then, uh, Sugar Shane Lowry at 50 to 1. Um, so Shane Lowry, uh, I don't think he's going to be very popular this week, but he because he has a horrendous record at Arnold Palmer Invitational. Um, he's he's played the event four times and he's missed the cut four times, which is surprising. Um, the last time he played it though was 2021, so he didn't play it last year. In that meantime, he's relocated himself to Florida. Uh, his game is in much better shape than um, than it was then, given the conditions, the windy conditions. Being able to flight your ball, shape your shots, have a good short game is going to be crucial this week. Um, and obviously that is Lowry in a in a nutshell. Um, so I'm going to give him a pass on his on his previous form, um, just because I don't think he was as playing consistently as well. Um, he's due a win. It's it's coming. It's it's just a case of of where it's going to be. Um, as I said, he's relocated to um to Florida as well, so he's going to be probably sleeping in his own bed every night. So that's another plus. Uh, recent form trending in the right direction. He missed the cut in Phoenix. He was T uh, fourteen at the Genesis, a stacked field, and he was T five last week. Uh, just had a slow Sunday, and with uh, a new caddy, with a new caddy, caddy belts. His granddad passed away as well, so he wasn't going to play in the event oh, last week. It was, it was his uncle. It was his uncle. His uncle. His uncle decided yeah. to um, decided to play. Played well, probably a little bit distracted. So, um, big event, big prize. I think Shane is going to be primed. To um to, to go and win, last pick, last but not least, a, a dart, one hundred and seventy five to one dart on Eric Cole, our runner up at the Honda Classic last week. Um, not just a you know a once off with Eric Cole the week, uh, a few weeks before that, his last start in Pebble Beach, he was top fifteen as well. Um, so last two events, T fifteen, lost in a playoff. Maybe he can go on and do something. Um, the reason I'm backing him, um. So interesting enough, came up during the broadcast uh, of the event yesterday. Eric Cole and Sam Saunders are best pals. Sam Saunders is, of course, Arnold Palmer's grandson. And excellent. The, the story, nice. the story that Sam Saunders told was basically that him and Eric Cole had played the course more than anyone. They played in members, members tournaments, everything like that. And um, so I think Eric Cole knows the course probably better than anybody out there. Um, he's in great form. 
Um, he'd love to win his best pals granddad's tournament and he'd love to cash a nice big check for himself as well so um, I think Eric Cole given the form given he potted so well last week it was um, mm. I think he was there was one point where he hadn't missed inside of 20 feet on Sunday I think he, he missed one pot from inside 20 feet maybe two pots inside 20 feet well, that's impressive. Um, which is unreal um, so yeah Eric Cole 175 to 1 um, if you don't fancy backing him outright, take him maybe a top 40, top 30, you'll get a nice price on that. But yeah, worth a punt in a course he likes. He um, gained eight, eight strokes on the field last week in putting. Yeah, yeah, they actually look like that for once. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so those are the picks. Eric Cole, 175 to 1. Shane Lowry, 50s. Maddie Skechers, Fitzpatrick, 30s. And Victor Hovland, 30s, all each way. Donnie. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to keep it... Uh as short as I possibly can. I do have five, not backing them yet, waiting for the draw. Um, there's like three that are totally locked in and then the other two are draw-based. I'm going to start with Zalo. I'm going to start with a question. In the last six months, where would you say Zalo Torres ranks strokes game putting? If you had to guess. 28. Interesting. Brew? You're on, you're on mute there, pal. Sorry about that. 50 second. Twelfth. Fuck yeah! I, I, yeah. I it was it was, it was either going to be top ten or like really bad. Like so. Like he's fucking he, like. Well, I was a leading question because um I was even picking him this week, but like his range, fifteen to thirty feet, he's actually a killer. It's just those little four footers where he kind of dances around the wall. Anyway, um Zalo showed that he's over his injury problems, so he's had to adapt his swing a little bit because of pressure on his back. Average drive off driving off tee at Genesis last week was three ten. Um, so he's over his issues. He's he's got it fixed. He was tenth on approach at Genesis. Like he, he tied for fourth in the end. Um, on his debut here, so he's only played it a couple of times. He was tied tenth, and he was sixth on approach at his debut at Bay Hill. What I love about Zalo is that week when he was tied tenth, he was only fifty sixth in putting. So I love guys with big putting variants. Like he played so well, put it shite and posted the top ten. If he puts within the mean of how he does put, so. 12th and putting the last six months, um, then he should be good. And he's comfortable on the quicker greens as well. So I really like Salo to feature. I'm not definitely saying he's going to win a second PGA title, but uh, even at 22 to 1, I'm interested. So I'm having it. Next up, um, I can't stay away from Max Holm. I love him. Can't stay away from him. Um, he's like my Sam Burns to brew from last season. Uh, he can do it outside of California. I know he can. He's got all the confidence in the world. He he tried, you know, so hard to beat Ram and the Farmers, and that that tee shot from Ram on fifteen, after his monster put in fourteen, was just killer shit. You know, there's no negative for for Max Homa there. Um, last two years around Bay Hill, tied tenth, tied seventeenth, and again another guy with big variants. So, uh, in putting, like he's second in putting in the last three months on the tour, but last year when he posted his top ten, he was fifty fifth, whilst his long game. Fourth on approach, fifth in greens of regulation. Um, he's also seventh total strokes gained tee to green here um, of guys who've played at least 10 rounds. So loads of things to love about Max. I, I'm more, more interested in Max. At, I got him at 20, well, I'm getting him at 24 to 1 currently on the exchange. Way more interested in that than I am at Scotty at half the price. Way more. I think Scotty will go really well, defend the champ, prove that he can defend at Phoenix, uh, but home at double the price. Give me that. So, Salo and Homa uh, as a top of the board, sort of in the midfield. I have three. Um, I'm locking in Salo and Homa. No matter what the story is with the with the draw, they're getting backed. Uh, Jason Day, it's a little short, but he's in great form. Yeah, Only no, getting thirty five to one. He's a former winner around here. So when he was the best man, in, when he was the best player in the world in 2016, he did win around here. Um, he's posted three top tens in a row this season. He is second in oh, he's second in putting in the last three months. Sorry, Homa leads putting in the last three months, and Day is second. So I'm very much going for guys who have a lot of confidence in the short game right now. Um, and like I'm very close to just backing Jason Day right now for the Masters anti-post because I think I think he's honest. I think he's close to being back to his best. He was the best golfer in the world, which means he's definitely a top 10 golfer. I think on data golf the last six months, he's the ninth best golfer in the world. So he's back. Uh, full house on Fitz. Yeah, having him. 100%. Sketchers. Uh, but the problem is, 
the, the really attractive thing about Fitz is 40 to 1 for a guy who has four top 10s in a row around here is amazing. Yeah. And also, like, for some reason, Englishmen have brilliant records around here. So we've seen Hatton win. Lee Westwood nearly bet the Shambo. Um, Fitz is always knocking around. Uh, English guys seem to really love this course for some reason. Um, that's not a great, like, data point or lead-in, but to echo what you guys were saying, um, you know, much better off the tee. He definitely needs to sort his approach game out. The wild card with Fitz, and the reason why I'm... I'm I'm actually half and half, regardless of the draw or not, is just that neck injury. Hasn't properly settled down. I mean, he was never going to take this week off, I don't think, regardless, because he loves the course. So there is a bit of a question mark there. So I'm a little lukewarm, but that's the only reason I am on him. Um, and the I'll ongoing go. the ongoing question mark, Danny, of him wearing Skechers to this point, even as a major <laughs> champion. But look, yeah, it's clearly working for him, so we'll, we'll give him a pass. Especially the man he needs to contact his business manager for sure. And I'll um, put it right here now. If Matt Fitz wins, I will buy myself a pair of Skechers and wear them this golf season. Oh, ho, ho, ho. clip that up. Well, yeah, but I'll the, put it on to fucking the, Twitter. The, the cheapest pair that, that is available, you're going to buy as well. You have to buy the cheapest pair. They're <laughs> okay. going to look like your granddad's shoes in 1864. Well, they all look shite anyway. I don't so know. I think we should make him have to buy the exact pair Fitz wore when he won last year. Yeah, I'm down with that. Yeah. Probably expensive. That's yeah. what I mean, yeah. I'll this podcast is brought again. to you by Skechers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I think we might have burned the sponsorship opportunity with, with that one. <laughs> we might have, but you never know. There's always bridges to be repaired, Danny. So I mean, there's no such thing as bad publicity. Especially Skechers, I have serious calves. So if you're looking for an all, an all lower leg model, hit me I up. I right? most certainly do not. <laughs> if you're looking to move into the chicken market, I can help you out. <laughs> um, so our sketchers reviews will be out next week uh, last pick for me is like I'm just staying away from long shots I think this is going to be basically a US Open um, it's I think four under will win I think it's going to just be a beast and I don't think the long shots can hang here I could be wrong definitely don't think a long shot can win so my biggest pick at 55 to 1 is Keith Mitchell he looked so good at the Genesis Tita Green he was playing with Homer, playing with Ram, hitting shot after shot, fairways, greens, just couldn't sink a putt. Like nothing. It put up a stone cold and it started to annoy him after a while. I think he might have finished fourth in the end. But um, he's posted top, uh, tied sixth and tied fifth here in 2019 and 2020. More recently, tied 51st and tied 60th isn't great. But, you know, he's got two top tens. So that fulfills a lot of the sort of course form. He can do it around here. And I was very interested to see that in 2020, when he was tied fifth, he was third in putting. 2019, he was 14th. Uh, 17th strokes gained here in total over the last five years. Um, and he's eighth tee to green in the last three months. So he's playing some brilliant, brilliant golf. He actually, I think he's a guy who um, this season can can put himself away from the crowd and the riffraff. And, you're, you know, the PGA Tour journeyman's a very like far too strong a word but i think keith mitchell at the end of the year will not be a million miles away from the Ryder cup i'm going to make that prediction i i think i don't i'm not sure if he gets there but i think he'll be very close um and i mean that on merit i don't mean that as a pick so he can take a massive stride towards that by winning here by hill i think he can contend 55 to 1 the problem with him, Donnie, is, is that he loses two every time he tees it up he loses two strokes to the field because he wears a visor <laughs> that, that puts him that leaves him eight shots a tournament if he makes the cut so at least he doesn't have sketchers well imagine the combo jesus oh he would be unbeatable <laughs> sketchers and a visor anyway yeah. donnie give us your recap sorry to cut across you no no you, geez that'd be an awful combo i'm having ptsd even thinking of that uh so yeah my five are going to be zalo 22 to 1 home at 24s on the exchange jason day 35s fits at 40s mitchell 55s the long shots I I was interested in, I'm not backing them. Keegan Bradley, 95 to 1. Uh, Christian Bezadenhut has a really good record here. Uh, three really on, mate. In a row. <laughs> That's a South African there from Steve, who like mildly sounds like an Aussie. Uh, Bez is 175s. Wise is, Aaron Wise is 125s. Lucas Herbert was tied seventh here last year, and he seems to be decent around tough tracks, but he's at shite form. Not backing them. Just keeping an eye, um, but yeah, I think uh, I think this week's going to be a beast, and I think if John Ram wins again, 
I mean, we're all fucked because the Masters is going to be shit this year because he's going to mm. win by six. Nah, Rory's going to win the Masters. I do think Rory will win this week and um, just for the record, but I can't back him at nine to one. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna hope he drifts out after day one and then get a nice big bet on him each way when he drifts I'm out. Hoping, 14, I'm hoping Rory makes some positive steps because he's he very will. rusty. I would like if Rory can post top forty in the putting stats, that will be a win, regardless of what else goes on. Um, he just needs to find a bit of form with the putter with the Masters looming. He will. He didn't like, he hates, he said himself he doesn't like Poana Greens. He's back in, on Bermuda Greens now, which he's much more comfortable at. So mark yeah. my words here, gentlemen. Rory will not be outside the top five this week. Mark my words. That's oh, not exactly a big take. Yeah, I, 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 putting it all out there. Yeah, and also, just caveat, with all these picks, to win this, you have to beat Ram and Rory. And that's fucking really, really, really hard. So... Caveat. <laughs> yeah, and very quickly, we do also have the Puerto Rico Open on, which is the journeyman's event, um, which has seen the breakthroughs of Tony Fino and Victor Hovland. Um, what you need, basically, here, if you are looking for a bet, just back guys to hit the ball a long way. Driving distance is crucial around here. Um, it's a 7,500 yards par 72, so you need to be able to bomb the ball out there. Um, I took two two picks really quickly. Matty Schmidt, he's sixth. Um, Nice. 12, 12th in driving distance. He averages 3.12 off the tee. Played 16 times on tour. Two top 10s. 8th um, at the Barbasol in 2022. 6th at the Amex this year, where he shot minus 23. Um, and I think the winning score is going to be around minus 20 this uh, this year. So Matty Schmidt is about the 40, 50 to 1 mark. And then second pick, Brandon Matthews. Um, third in driving distance. 3.20 off. Honks it the tee he averages tonks it 17 events played on tour over three years he's only made three cuts out of those 17 events but crucially one of those was last week um at the honda classic so um prior to last week he was two for 16 he's now three for 17 he's feeling confident he's playing against the shitty field um in a distance uh distance golf course which will suit him so brandon matthews Got him at 90s. I've seen no bigger prices around about him, but I got him at 90s all but, each way. Bit of interest. I seem to remember, he, I think he was a college golf beast. He might have won the Hogan Award. Potentially. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. The, the only guy I would just really quickly mention, I did back him last week at the Honda. He only he finished one under, so top 50. But Ash K. Batia, you'll have seen him his picture go viral, him with his top off covered in grass, looking very, um, yeah. Very attractive. Good on you, Ash K, with your long hair and your lovely tan skin. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's about, oh, is he 33 to 1 or something? I love him because, as well, he's a lefty. Um, and he's really interesting kind of guy. He's very, uh, he reminds me of, of um, yeah, I mean, he's a bit reminiscent to Sahid Tagala as well. He's kind of a bit of a maverick in that he's very entertaining to watch. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think he's actually a seriously decent golfer as well. So um, he did all right last week, all things considered. And he's only a young guy. Um, I'm just checking the price on him here. Does anyone have it up? I do not. Okay. I, I think it's about 33 to 1 anyway. So get on that. Come on, Ash K. Good boy. Yeah. Oh, my God. Nate Lashley's the favorite. What the? F- what the world coming to? <laughs> and Ash K's fifth favorite. Yeah, 28 to 1. Anyway. I think that'll do us. Indeed. Ooh. Best of luck, gentlemen. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Pleasure as always. Um, yep. Looking forward to Bay Hill. It's always a great event and it's going to be so tough this year. So it's going to be real fun. Cool. Go on, boys. I shall talk to you next week. Uh, quick one, bro. You're not going to believe what just happened. What? I did that pinata pool, the pinata thing, just now. And 110 to 1. And Rory. Rory. No. Yes. Way. Yes. <laughs> that is sick. That is unbelievable. Oh my god! Get that on Twitter. Hundred pounds to one on Rory. Oh, I'll sell it. Oh. I'll sell it for five hundred. That is sensational. That's <laughs> Was that just now? Just literally did it as you were speaking. Oh. Is that William I Hill? Ass- I assume. No, it's sports interaction. It's called. That is. Okay. Is that each one. way? No. No, it's a straight win. Fuck. Oh fucking hell! Absolutely. Jesus, that is unreal. I deserve it after getting Russell Knox and some other prick the last two weeks. <laughs> so what? You can do it once once per tournament, is it? Uh, I actually don't know. I assume so. Yeah, okay. I assume you can't go pick another guy now. But it, like, the algorithm obviously 
the algorithm will probably give you like yeah uh, yeah balance it out you know, someone absolutely dog like someone who's like a thousand to one yeah that's okay. absolutely magic imagine the sweat on that fucking 110 to one McElroy Jesus <laughs> Christ would you put Boom. a tenner on just tenner on yeah oh class that'll be, that'll be something good now for the Masters if it's a good golfer yeah, Imagine yeah. if you got a, if you got any of the top six yeah. or seven golfers. That's that, Sandy Lyle. Sandy Lyle. Fuck's sake, what a balls. Fucking Charlie Hoffman and he'll be first round leader. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> standard. Yeah, the hope yeah. will yeah. kill you there. Loves uh, it. Okay. Crow. Anyway. Well, look. Good yeah. pod, boys. Enjoyed it. Thanks, lads. Going to go make dinner. Um, God bless. Enjoy the golf this week. It should be fucking cracking, I'd say. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Just take a moment to admire the fact I just hit a fairway. There's, there's, there's only two things that can happen. You can hit a good shot or a bad shot. So why waste time doing it? And where I would go, I, wherever I set course records or whatever, I would be barefooted, drunk, playing golf, making every 20 footer I looked at. Right at it. Right at it. Home. Oh, he's Spain. done it again. This is the dumbest hole I've ever played in my life. Come on, then, Shane. Knock it close. Shane Lowry is the Open champion.